So this morning I would like to start off by making this statement. The key for the church's survival in this hour is to provide spiritual leadership. John C. Maxwell says, A leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and who shows the way. The church needs to lead. We have got to be confident that we know the way. And the way is Jesus. The Bible says that He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And then we need to go the way. In other words, we must be Jesus-focused. And finally, as the church, we have got to show the way. There are lots of information and guidance with regards to, to this crisis, especially as we navigate through this corona storm. But in times like these, the church needs to be a spiritual anchor of faith and hope to all people. Remember that we are the church and we need to rise up as leaders in this hour. So this morning I'd like to speak to you about how to face a crisis with faith and hope. How to face a crisis with faith and hope. And our main scripture reading is found in Romans chapter 4 verses 19 to 21. And here the Apostle Paul is speaking about the faith of Abram. And he says this, verse 19. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Within this text, I'd like to highlight three principles for spiritual crisis leadership in this hour. Principle number one, facts are our friends. Amen. Will you, will you just say that with me? Facts are our friends. I've heard this, this saying and it still rings true to me. Facts are friends even when the facts are not friendly. The NIV version of verse 19 says, Without weakening his faith, Abram faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. The facts, according to the Bible, was that Abram's body was as good as dead. The facts, according to the Bible, was that Sarah was barren. Now, this is important to understand. Abram did not ignore the facts. He did not deny the facts. He did not falsify the facts. He did not hide the facts. While Abram faced the facts, he did not allow his faith to weaken. Now concerning our current pandemic, we must face the facts without allowing it to weaken our faith. 
It seems that in every crisis, there are false facts and fake news screaming for our attention. And so it's important that from a national Corona point of view, that we read articles and listen to news from reliable sources. Please do not just listen to anything and definitely do not believe everything that is out there. We need the facts and not fiction. We do not need man-made theories um, and conspiracies. We need reliable information. If we latch on to all the different theories out there, it will weaken our faith. This week, I, w- I received so many WhatsApp messages and emails with all these different theories and fake news. And at one stage, I just had to say enough is enough. enough and, and I had to put a stop to it. I even challenged a few people regarding the content that they were sending around and challenged them to make sure that they had the right facts. Abram faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, but he did not allow it to weaken his faith. Why? Because his faith was not attached to the facts, but to truth. In the same way, we will not deny the facts. But our faith must be attached or directed towards God and His Word. During a time of crisis, we need to make wise decisions. And and I worked out, and I'm excited to share this with you this morning, but I worked out a formula for this. And this is the formula. Facts plus faith equals wise decisions. Can I say it again? Facts plus faith equals wise decisions. Abram had the facts, but he applied his faith and and then he made a wise decision. And the decision was to trust God. Principle number two, unbelief is our enemy. Let's read verse 20 again. It says, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. Paul here connects unbelief with the word waver. Wavering is the opposite of stability and strength. When we waver, we we go one direction and then another direction. We hold on to the promise of God and then we let go of it. We believe and then we doubt. That is what it means to waver. Wavering and unbelief means that when life is easy, we honor God, but when life is tough, we blame God. The end of verse 20 says, uh, says this. It says, but Abram grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. He gave glory to God before he received the promise. In other words, in the middle of a crisis, we need to set an example of honoring God and not just when the crisis is over. That is why I want to encourage you again this morning to fill your homes with praise, fill your homes with worship and with prayer. In the middle of this crisis, we must honor God and give thanks unto Him. When friends or family call, call man, um, uh, um, this is the time for us as the church 
to show true spiritual leadership and honor God. And 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 we can tell them, man, bless you. You you know we know the facts, but in the middle of this crisis, we are going to honor God because we know that God is with us. Verse twenty also says that Abram grew in his faith. This is a good time to grow in your faith. Let this crisis fuel your hunger for the Word of God. Let this crisis fuel your hunger for the presence of God. I said this before, but we will come out of this pandemic stronger. And I believe we will come out even stronger in our faith. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21, the prophet Elijah, he is asking the people a question. He says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. The English Standard Version says, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? The NIV says waver. The, S, the ESV says limping. Both waver and limping implies instability. Faith implies stability and strength. Leaders cannot afford to waver and limp through a crisis. Through a crisis. As leaders, we must hold unwaveringly to the promises of God, especially during a crisis. Hebrews 10 and verse 23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Wow, what a powerful word. In the midst of Abram's crisis, he recognized the facts. But he did not weaken his faith. In the midst of his crisis, he did not allow unbelief to cause his faith to waver. But he believed that God could be trusted to keep his promise. The one, the one who made the promise was also able to keep it. And that brings us to principle number three. God is able. <laughs> There is one simple reason Abram grew strong in faith. Despite the impossibilities and the injustice of his circumstances, it was not because Abram had a leadership position. How many of you know many leaders waver in, in unbelief during tough and difficult times? It was not because Abram was a perfect man, not even close. Abram's faith grew strong because he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. It had nothing to do with Abram's ability to master faith. It had everything to do with God's ability to keep his promise. Strong faith is simply being confident that God is able to do what he said he would do. We are never able to do the impossible, but God is. Crisis leadership demands that we lead with facts and faith. Not with facts alone, 
not with feelings alone and not with fear alone. Facts and faith. Face the facts and move in faith. Can I say that again? We've got to face the facts and move in faith. And as we lead with facts and faith, we will make wise decisions no matter the crisis or the context. If we move in feelings and fear, we will waver in unbelief. And remember, the reason we can move in faith has nothing to do with our circumstances, but it has everything to do with God's ability. He is able, and therefore we believe His promises. I started off this morning um, by saying that we're going to be speaking about how to face a crisis with faith and with hope. Now, we looked at faith. Let's have a look at hope this morning. One of the main fears or concerns I'm hearing from people is how is this virus affecting our economy and how is it affecting our futures? We need to understand that faith is rooted or hope is rooted in faith and hope is always concerned about the future. You have heard me say this before. We can live 40 days without food. <laughs> and, and, and I laughed when, when I read this quote. Was, I don't think a lot of people believe this stat. Because if you look at how people have been stocking up for 21 days of lockdown. I don't think a lot of people believe that you can live 40 days without food. But you can fast for 40 days without food and you'll be okay. You can live three days without water. Four days without oxygen or air, but not one second without hope. So for the next few minutes, I want to use scripture to answer four questions about hope. Number one, the first question is who gets to have hope? Number two, how is hope connected to God? Number three, how does hope happen? And question number four, what does hope do in my life? The first question this morning, who gets to have hope? And our text is, is Romans chapter 15. Now it's interesting that Paul mentions the word hope 15 times in the book of Romans and five times in Romans chapter 15. So let's read Romans chapter 15 verse 12 and 13. I'll read it for you and you can follow with me. Verse 12 says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. Verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Verse 12 gives us the answer to question number one. Who gets to have hope? Isaiah, more than any other Jewish prophet, called the people of old to put their trust in the coming Messiah. In verse 12, Paul quotes Isaiah and he says, In him will the Gentiles hope. In other words, those that seem far from God, the Gentiles, even they can have hope. The people least deserving hope can have hope. Why? 
because of the root of Jesse. The root of Jesse is a prophetic reference to the Messiah, to Jesus as a descendant of Jesse, the father of David. So who can have hope? Anyone who believes in Jesus, whether Jew or Gentile, you can have hope. Question number two, how is hope connected to God? Well, in verse 12 and 13, we see our triune God as our source and focus of hope. Verse 12, as I just mentioned, speaks of Jesus as the root of Jesse, the son. Verse 13 mentions the God of hope, that's the Father. Then it teaches us that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have hope. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All are the source and the focus of real hope. We don't abound in hope because we can change our circumstances or because we can predict or control our future. No. But we abound in hope because of the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that is our source of real hope. To answer question number three, how does hope happen? Or how can a person get hope? We have to go back a few verses to the beginning of Romans chapter 15 and read verse 4. And this is what it says. It says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. Wow, what a powerful verse. Endurance implies a tough journey. It means um, we don't quit. It means we don't turn our back. It means we don't give up when life becomes difficult and when life becomes unfair. We endure. We press on. We stay the course despite the pain and despite feelings of injustice. I love this quote. When life knocks you down, you get back up one more time every time. <laughs> That's what endurance is. And it's through that endurance that the Bible says that we gain hope. Hope is the fruit of endurance. And it is the fruit of the encouragement of Scripture in verse 4. In times of crisis, we tend to feed our minds with news. And most of the time, we switch to exaggerated news on social media and that is not helpful at all. Now, I'm not saying that there's no reliable news out there, because there is. But in a time of crisis, we need to feed our minds with the Word of God. How can a person receive hope? The Bible says through endurance and the encouragement of Scripture. When we are full to overflowing with news and exaggerated stories, and are running empty on God's word, we will develop a mindset of hopelessness and helplessness. But when we face the facts and then fill our hearts and our minds with God's eternal truth, we will be people of great hope. Not because our circumstances are great, but because we know that our God 
is great. The final question, question number four. What does hope do in my life? The answer to this important question is found in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. And I've got to say this. This is God's way church's scripture for hope. So it's probably our, our anthem scripture for hope. And it says this in verse 19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. The author of Hebrews calls hope the anchor for the soul. Fishermen can search for hours for the perfect spot. And when they find it, they will drop the anchors and start fishing. And the anchor will make sure that they will not move from that perfect or right place. Now that is what hope does for us. When we get to the right place, to the place of God's will, we have hope as an anchor for our souls to make sure that the wind and the waves don't push us off course. I read the story of a father and a son who went out on a large lake with a speedboat and suddenly a storm arose and the waves started crashing in. And so they tried getting back to the dock, but a rope got stuck around the propeller. And as they were getting closer to, to crashing into a rocky reef, they let down the anchor, but nothing happened. The anchor was unable to grab onto a rock or something stable because there was nothing on the seabed but sand and mud. And so it is for so many people facing this present crisis. They let down their anchors. They let down their hope. But it is doing nothing because they have nothing to hold on to. When we let down our anchors, we get hooked and supported by the God of hope himself. Our hope, we must remember, is attached to the promises of God and to God's ability to keep his promises. No matter how hard this corona crisis hits, we need to put our hope in the promises of God so that this health and economic crisis does not become a faith crisis. With the help of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and with the encouragement of Scripture, we will not only endure and survive, but we will endure and we will thrive in this season. Amen, amen and amen.